0: It would certainly be easy tonight uh, to jump into the book of Revelation and uh, perhaps before it was over, have you snoring in Greek and dreaming in Hebrew. So I try to stay uh, on this side of uh, too crazy and too deep, but I do feel like there's some things that we shouldn't ignore uh, because it speaks very much to where we are right now. In the house of God and the kingdom of God and how things are moving forward. I'm not quite sure um, that the human race really understands how quickly this thing's moving right now. And I think if we did, there would be a little bit of a different desperation in our hearts because I believe the Lord's getting ready to wrap this thing up. And uh, if that takes 20 years We've got a lot of work to do in 20 years. But if it takes 20 days, it's that much more overwhelming. And I want to be ready. Amen. I want to be ready. I want to be ready, not just in my soul. I want to be ready in this church. I want to do what we can do in this church to be ready. And so before we get started tonight, I want to tell you one of the things that's going to help make you ready, okay? I'm going to to pastor you for about 60 seconds, and then we're going to go to Revelation 7. I made a brief post about this yesterday, but I'm going to give you a, a warning. As man of God in your life and watchman on the wall for your soul, there's a lot of chaos and voices speaking right now. And you need to be careful what voices you listen to. Because it'll get you chasing rabbit trails. And you'll be running after stuff that may or may not. And it becomes, it becomes irrelevant when I, what I'm about to teach to you tonight. You've got to be very, very careful. Guard your heart and your mind. There's a lot of uh, prophetic voices that are speaking that you, you may not know things about. Their life. You know their Facebook life. Right, that's right. And I want to tell you to be very careful right now. Because God is the one that holds the key to what's happening. Yes. Not just in the United States of America. But around the world. I've, I've seen some folks over the last few days. Willing to bet their lives and their ministries. On things. And I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that if you're going to make a statement like they have been making you better know you've heard from the lord and so i'm just telling you uh, to guard your hearts and your minds and just because somebody says it's so doesn't mean it's so if we've ever needed discernment in this church age we need it right now we need to walk in discernment of the holy ghost because I believe that I've preached it enough. We should be getting it by now. That if there is any spirit of the age that Jesus said Matthew 24 would be running rampant. It is a spirit of deception. But how did he introduce it? He said that there would be false prophets. Somebody say amen or oh me. Tune your ear to the Holy Ghost first. Right. And if your spirit does not agree, if there's something that just doesn't agree with it, I'm going to give you really good advice tonight, okay? Turn it off, shake the dust off your feet, and walk on. Right. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. There are a few people that I trust, and they speak in, in into this church, they speak in my life. There's some things, but, but I'm you know i'm all about the gifts of the spirit i believe in it but i'm just telling you right now i've never seen anything like it in my life there's there's people all over the country right now you wouldn't believe the texts and the messages and stuff that i'm getting right now i got people texting me all the time all hours of the day and night and they're like have you heard this i've got intel in the pentagon i've got somebody in the cia i got whatever i'm like man Go have revival. Is that all right? I want to have revival, and I told you we're going to have revival no matter what. It don't matter. We're going to have revival. Amen. God's going to do this thing, and we're going to talk about it tonight. Second Thess, uh, second Thessalonians, second Revelation. Turn to the book of Revelation, chapter seven, if you would. God, we hopefully there ain't a second revelation. I just want to make it through the first one. Now, we're going to read tonight. We're going to read from our focus verse this week, Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 17. And then I'm going to go back to the beginning of this chapter and I'm going to talk to you. Now, listen, Revelation is very interesting Because it's another one of those things that, in my opinion, is abused a little bit. People grab hold of ideas, um, especially concerning eschatology, from the book of Revelation, and they run with it. Now, I'm going to give you a short lesson here. If you cannot verify your doctrine with at least three other scriptures, it is not sound doctrine. Okay? Okay? So you need to have solid ground to stand on for Bible doctrine. And I believe not only will you find at least three scriptures to validate word from word, but you'll also find that same principle laced throughout all the pages of the scripture. That's very important. Somebody shout context. Amen. Amen. Boy, y'all are preaching good tonight. Revelation 7 and 17. For the Lamb which is in the midst... Of all three thrones. I think I picked up the wrong Bible. I'm sorry. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne. Smile. It won't hurt you tonight. Shall feed them. And shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Amen. Do you believe it? Are you looking forward to it? I know I am. Lord bless you. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. Um, Revelation 7 is is very interesting to me because if you're reading through the order of Revelation, when you get to chapter 7, it's kind of of parenthetical. It's like it's... it's, uh, It's parenthesied on both sides of things that are happening. And it's also unique in that it speaks of things transpiring in heaven and on the earth at the exact same time. It opens up by saying that after these things, what what things? Chapter 6, seals are opened. Great earthquake. And then after these things... He said, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. Are you all going to get sleepy tonight if we dive off of Revelation a little bit? So, there's one thing that I feel like is vitally important for you to understand about Revelation. And that is that everything in Revelation is not literal. Okay? Okay. So if you believe it's actually all literal, then when we get to heaven, Jesus is going to manifest in in several different ways. And the crucified Savior that is now risen, resurrected, and ascended into heaven, it's going to be really unique when you get there expecting to see a Jewish man and he's walking around like a lamb. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to be really weird when you get to the throne to see Jesus and he says, bah. <laughs> are, are you feeling me? So because he is the lamb, that doesn't mean that when you get there, you're going to see him grazing on grass. Okay. This is speaking of what he did. John identified him. Behold the, the lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. So he is a lamb. So when you see the angel, uh, the angels, the four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, this is interesting because believe it or not, in the 21st century, there are people that believe the earth is flat. Now I thought this got settled when Brother Chris didn't. Fall off the end of the Earth. You understand what I'm saying? It's very, very interesting. How many conspiracies there are about the Earth being flat? And all you have to do—I don't know if you've ever been on this new thing that's called YouTube's. I don't know if you've ever been on YouTube or not, but you can watch people attach a GoPro to a camera to a, a balloon or whatever, flight straight up into space. And as it gets enough altitude, you can see. Now, don't tell anybody that's watching online tonight, okay? The earth is not flat. So when it says that the angels, the four angels, went to the four corners, that doesn't mean that the Lord had unfolded the map. And once you got to Africa on one side, you're done. You're just going to fall off if that were the case I would be raising money right now to buy sailing vessels for several folks and I would ask them to sell east until they get just east of Africa another really nice way to say that is you could take a long walk off of a now don't be ugly y'all just assumed that's where I was going he said a stood at the four corners of the earth what does that represent? it represents the north, the south the east and the west directions they stood at the four corners and they held the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth nor on the sea nor any tree Okay, we've got angels from heaven, and they're holding four corners, and they're holding back the wind from touching anything that was earthly at all. What is this that they're holding back? Does that mean that in a literal interpretation that there's going to come a time when the Lord's going to send down four angels, and they're going to stop the wind, and, like, the wind is just not going to blow at all? Like, meteorologists are going to be tripping They're like... Sorry, folks, there's no jet stream today. We don't know what's going on. There hasn't been any wind for months. No. It is not literally saying that they're holding back the wind that blows out of the north, the south, and the east, and the west. They are holding back the wind of the judgments of God. Now, there are people that I believe, in my opinion... Have had God judge on matters in their lives. But they have not seen the winds of the judgment of God. I believe that God has judged kings in the earth. I believe that God has judged. You can look through the scripture. God judged men. God called them perfect. If they were, He called them not so perfect. If they weren't, God judges on matters. But even in the midst of calamities... There is nothing like the calamity that these four angels are holding back from the earth right now. You just think that you've seen chaos. You ought to wait until the four winds of the judgment of God begin to blow. Why four winds? Because it's coming out of every direction. You will not be able to outrun the judgment of God. This gives us insight to know beyond a doubt that above all else, you want to be sure when those angels move out of the way and God says move and release that wind that you're ready to meet the Lord. I believe that it's going to be in the not so distant future that those angels are going to start turning loose to those fronters of the earth They're going to move aside and be a shift in orders from their captain. And I can't wait for that day because it's going to be some powerful things that unfold. I just hope I'm watching it from the right side, if you know what I mean. He said, I saw another angel descending from the east and having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. And what did he say? He said, don't hurt the earth, neither the sea nor the trees. Till what? Now this is, this is where it gets crazy right here, and I'm just going to take him at his word. Don't do it until God has sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So how many of you believe that what this means is that the Lord is going to come down with a wax seal on his ring. Start punching people in the forehead. No. Because it's not literally what's going to happen. It's so, people are hilarious. They're like, oh, the Lord's going to come down. He's going to be putting them seals on them foreheads. It's interesting. But the language is also very unique. It's not contradictory whatsoever, but we better be very careful because wherever there is the real, where there wherever there is authentic, there's also going to be counterfeit. And I believe that the way we're gonna see false Christ rise and deceive many is that it's going to be very, very similar. To what the real Messiah Would do and has done and has said Let's use our minds to consider the fact That if these false Christs did not have real power They wouldn't be able to deceive anybody Boy that went over like a lead balloon If these false Christs don't have authority and power And do Your Bible says lying wonders. What does that mean? It's lying. It is a lying spirit. It's Leviathan. It's in the earth. It's a lie. But they're doing lying wonders. And it's not the powers of God that are doing the wonders. It's the powers of darkness. I've had conversations with people that they were kind of stunned. When I asked them the question about seers in the spirit. The prophetic. The seas. seers. Old Testament prophets that we see, they're seers. And in the New Testament, we certainly need seers in the body of Christ. But do you know what the difference is between the prophetic and the psychic? The controlling spirits. That's pretty scary. Because in the end time, there are going to be people with lying wonders that are going to do it in Jesus' name. And that's why Jesus said there would be many that would say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils, heal the sick? And we did it in your name. And he says, I don't know you. Depart from me. We had better get our minds sealed with the idea that not everything that says it's holy is holy. And not everything that says it's pure is pure. Not everything that claims to be righteous is righteous. How are we going to know, pastor? You're going to have to use discernment. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Woo. Yeah. Revelation is a blast. You're going to have to use discernment. So this opens up a perfect opportunity for me to teach you this. We have created a subculture in Pentecost that goes from Sunday to Wednesday or Sunday to Thursday or Sunday to Tuesday, whenever your midweek service may be. Here it's Wednesday night. We are very event-oriented. When we witness to people, what do we we say when we say, I'll witness to somebody this week? What'd you say? More than likely you said, you should go to church with me sometime. We invite them to the event. You understand what I'm saying? We're event oriented. And we look at it saying soul winning is inviting people to church. Well, kind of. But you're inviting them to the event. Somebody needs healing in their body and you say, come to church this Sunday, let us pray for you. I've been singing my body, come to church, pastor will pray for you. It's going to be hard to have discernment. I'm just, I'm just throwing this out not to sound negative. But I really do hope that lying wonders and false prophets and the spirit of Antichrist does not reveal itself to people on Tuesdays. I'm hoping for some people that he does it either on a Sunday afternoon or a Wednesday night after church. Because if you haven't been in the presence of the Lord, you can't have discernment. Now I'm fixing to walk out here on a tightrope so everybody put your seatbelt on for just a second and let me help you understand. You cannot fill your mind all day long with a television that's got witchcraft, sorcery, and then expect to discern witchcraft and sorcery. You know what the whole intent is? Desensitize the body of Christ. I'm, I'm like fixing to walk out there and probably upset a couple of people. But I've had some people saying this vaccine is the mark of the beast. You should probably use some discernment. Now, I'm just telling you that I believe everything that we have seen, and you can disagree, but you got a right to be wrong. Everything we have seen through this pandemic has been molding us for what the future is going to look like. It's a matter of mandating things. Some say, well, it's for protection. You know, it's amazing to me this this group of people out here saying, you don't believe science, you don't believe science, you don't believe science. That's the same people telling little boys, if you want to be a little girl, you can Sooner or later, we got to get on the same page and say, okay, let's look at facts. But listen, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't mean it's the mark of the beast. Because some of us are going to be in tight spots. we got people in this church. They're going to be in tight spots with their jobs. They're going to have to take some vaccinations. It's going to be some things. But let's not just fall off the face of the earth right now and say, oh, my God, what are we going to do? I want to tell you that. Last year, before, and I mean 19, if you wanted to go to certain places in Africa, you could not go without a vaccination. So I don't believe that this vaccine for COVID-19 is the mark of the beast. I don't. I do believe that early in this thing, there was a push. And uh, I know there's all kinds of people that watching this. But there are certain men in power that were pushing ideas, computer programmers. And I read to you uh, their patent numbers that they had filed for nanotechnology on one of my podcasts one night that they wanted to insert into the vaccine. That did not happen. Not this round. But there is a desensitizing that's going on to society. And what's so crazy to me, I've preached this and taught this now, For 10 months, people talk about, well, it's just America, it's just America. No, I want you to know that within less than 24 hours, all the kings of the earth got on the same page. It was unbelievable. It was like all of a sudden, all kings, all presidents, all nations, they knew what was going on and it happened. How, pastor, is this end time thing going to wrap up? If they can all get on the same page over a virus like that in one night, how quickly do you think the Lord can wrap this thing up? And it's a push, it's a push, it's a push. And so what it's going to do is start desensitizing people so that when we say, well, this wasn't wasn't the mark of the beast, that wasn't the mark of the beast, that wasn't the mark of the beast. After a while, our discernment starts to wane and we say, oh, well, it was harmless. I'm gonna tell you what I've told you all along about everything we face in the last 10 months. I'll tell you the same thing about the vaccine. You're an adult. I don't take a vaccination stance from this pulpit. It's not my job to be your adult. It's the same thing I've told you all along. I know there people are some people aren't going to church. We're going to have church. And if adults want to come to church, You can come to church. If you don't want to come to church, you don't have to come to church. And so, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? I'll take a stand tonight and I'll tell you, not this one. Or the two that's out right now. Okay? I'm not, I don't don't have plans to take it. We'll see what unfolds. It's not in my calendar. But my decision does not make this decision. And I make you a promise that if there's ever a vaccination that I think is the mark of the beast, I will stand up in this pulpit and I will say to you, don't take it, it's the mark of the beast. But there's a really good chance by the time we get to that point, you had better have enough discernment in your soul to know... Am I helping anybody tonight? Yes, sir. I want to lay some things to rest in your mind. Somebody shout balance. balance. You know what's going to get you to heaven? Balance. Come on. Do you know that the priests, when their sons were learning to be priests... Every day, for seven days straight, part of their training, That had to go through all kinds of stuff, but one of the most treacherous parts of the training of the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood in the Old Testament, was to wear this big turban wrap thing on their head, and you've read about it, it said it's got a platelet in the middle that says, Holiness unto the Lord. You remember reading that? The Holiness unto the Lord was the clasp that held it together. It was very, very heavy. You'll read different things, but they say that perhaps that headdress weighed uh, somewhere close to 30 pounds. And the priest's sons had to wear that for seven days straight. That meant they had to learn how to rest with it, how to walk with it, how to do everything they had to do, they had to do with it. So what happens if you get weary and you get leaning too far to one side or the other? Do you know what the whole point of that was? Balance. There's all kinds of stuff I could teach you about the priesthood. Why'd they wear linen breeches? Because it kept them cool. They weren't supposed to perspire on the priest's garments that was soaked in anointing. So as priesthood, you had to learn to keep your cool when it got hot. But they had to learn to walk with balance with that thing on their head. Because here's what happens. Everybody focus right here. I'm fixing to preach to you. Somebody shout, I got a holiness preacher. The problem with these men, if they did not learn to walk with balance and they lean too far to the left or to the right, the holiness, the clasp that held it together, if it starts leaning, it turns loose. And when holiness turned loose, the whole thing unraveled. You got to learn to walk with balance. Not everything that you read and everything that you hear is true. Walk with balance. Use discernment. How, pastor, are we going to know what's of God and what's not? It's called the Holy Ghost. And that's why you gotta be sure you prayed up in the Holy Ghost. And you got the Holy Ghost on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You got the Holy Ghost at work. And you got the Holy Ghost on your job. And... Amen. So what does it mean, sealing in their heads? Okay, we're going to deal with the seal. Somebody shout the seal. We're going to deal with it. It's not God punching them in the head with a wax ring. <laughs> it's not it. So let's read a little bit further to, dis- to discover What it is, if you read through this chapter, please don't get bored on Is everybody okay? I'm just going to teach to you a little bit right here. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Well, I want to tell you we're fixing to put the church on the market. This is a business meeting tonight. We're closing the doors and we're selling the building. Because there's only room for 144,000 in heaven. Sounds ludicrous, doesn't it? But there are religions that believe that. I had some tell me one night that there's only 144,000 going to heaven. I said, where do the rest of us go? They said, paradise. All right, bro, you going to Hawaii. I'm going to heaven. We wrestled back and forth a little bit And they're like no those spots are already reserved I'm like I can't get in They're like no they're already reserved I'm like I quit I said what happens if I don't do it They said well when you die you cease to exist I said man That's all They said yeah that's all I said so you're telling me I can do whatever I want to do And when I die it's just over They said yeah I said, why are you here? They looked at me kind of funny. I'm like, why are you trying to convert somebody? Why don't you just go live however you want to live? Let the 144,000 go into heaven and you just cease to exist. That's bada boom, bada bing, baby. So does this really mean that there's only 144,000 that are going to make it to heaven? Somebody shout yes or no. No. See, y'all are smart. I heard the number which were sealed, 144,000. So are these like elders of a particular religion? or what? Well, what's the Bible say? Of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Oh, I get it now. If some of you keep reading what you'll find, isn't it? Just look right here. We're going to go through very quick. Okay, there were sealed 12,000, tribe of Reuben. 12,000, tribe of Gad. 12,000, tribe of Asher. 12,000, ne- uh, Nephthalim. 12,000, Manassas. Okay? Let's do the math. Everybody got, anybody got a calculator? Has anybody got a calculator? Somebody do math for me real quick. What's 12,000 times 12? It's almost like an open book test. That is not fair. Okay. Everybody's trying to figure out what's happened with the, with the lost tribes of Israel, okay? Where's the lost tribes of Israel? What's going to happen? Okay. <laughs> Time out. Let's talk about it. It don't matter where they're at right now because nobody knows. Everybody talks about these lost tribes. What are we going to do? Oh, my God. The Lord can't come. Tell Five tribes. That's not in this book. This book said. That there's going to be 144,000, which is 12,000 per tribe. And that does not mean, in my opinion, that it's a literal number of 144,000. I believe it's numbers of completeness. I believe it shows that every tribe, because this is what it says right here, of every tribe of the children of Israel, they are going to be sealed. If 12 times 12,000 is 144,000. Now, I know for those of you that are scholars, and probably not one person caught this, but if you're really, really interested, you will find out that towards the end of this uh, uh, narrative of the 12 tribes that are included, you're going to say, well, that doesn't match up perfectly with the Old Testament and New Testament. Good catch. There's a reason it's because joseph's name is mentioned in the place of ephraim and dan when you do the math of 12 times 12,000 it's 144,000 bishop that means all 12 tribes are counted for in that city where the lamb is the light there are 12 gates somebody say 12 gates so does anybody believe that the lost tribes are going to be left out because your bible says That of all the tribes of Israel, all 12 are included through the name of Joseph at the end with Ephraim and Dan. They're all included. And what that means is, in my opinion, is that there is absolutely revival that is coming to Israel. It's revival like you've never seen in your life. And it's going to be of every tribe in the land of Israel. Why does he include the lost tribes? I want to tell you why. Because the diaspora, the scattering of the Jews in the earth, was prophesied that would happen. And them coming back was prophesied that it would happen. And what I'm going to tell you right now may surprise you. But when the scripture said that he came to his own and his own received him not, that did not mean that the Lord washed his hands of the Jewish people. And they were the ones that didn't receive him. And so now it's only the Gentile church and the Jews have been replaced. You better keep reading because all 12 tribes are going to be numbered in heaven. Everybody having a good time? So what's it mean then that they're sealed? What does it mean? The only other reference to sealing in the scripture Is found in 2 Corinthians Chapter 1 And verse 22 And then we're going to go to Ephesians 2 Corinthians 1 and 22 Who also hath Sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit, of the what? Is that a capital S? So it's the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. In our hearts. Let's go to Ephesians, if you're writing these down. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 13. Ephesians 1 and 13 in whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed that you were with what? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now let's stay in Ephesians. Go over to uh, chapter 4 and verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. This is some fun teaching. I love this. Grieve not whereby you are sealed. So what does it mean when it says that the 144,000 or all 12 tribes of Israel are sealed? Anybody want to take a shot at it? It means that in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Somebody say all flesh. That's all 12 tribes. Well, pastor, they've already missed their shot. He came to his own, his own, received him not. There's a big, big problem with that. Because from Acts chapter 2 till Acts chapter 10, the only people that did receive him were Jews. So did God really divorce Israel and take on a new bride of Gentiles? Is that what he did? If he did, there's going to be two tables at the marriage. Woo! I was preaching in Ohio this weekend, and this brother walked up to me. I almost said it. It's what triggered it. This brother walked up to me. He came to visit the revival from another church, and he said, Brother St. Clair, I have a question for you. I said, yes, sir. He said, I watch, you. I watch your services every week. He said, I watch all your services. listen to your podcast. I said, oh, well, thank you, brother. He said, but I have a question for you. I said, okay, what's the question? He said, what do you mean while you're preaching when you say you can be dismissed? He said, I can't see it on the camera. Is there like somebody that has to get up and go to work or something? (laughs) I said, no, sir. I say that just being goofy when I say something and it don't go I Just tell them you can be dismissed. And nobody leaves, so we're okay. Good Lord. It's like, how dare you judge me? So being sealed in the forehead speaks... Of identity and empowerment they are now identified in the forehead by a seal it's identity and empowerment does anybody know what the sign of authority is in the scripture when it talks about the head ship so the headship is where authority is is where the authority is is in the head and it's the head that's sealed so the Holy Ghost seals and gives identity, To those who are sealed in the forehead. Somebody shout empowerment, identity, and ownership. Why does he use the word seal? Because when a king gave the seal, it was independent of only that king. Noah, Jesus. No other king had a seal like that king. So when he said, You're sealed. Lord have mercy. I might just preach a little bit right here. I want to tell you there's no other seal like the seal of our king. There's only one Holy Ghost. And I got it, I got it, I got it. There's something about the power of the Holy Ghost. I can't explain it. But I've got it. Y'all quit acting like it's Wednesday night up in here. I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible said, I've been to the water and I've been baptized. My soul got happy. Now I'm satisfied. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I got the Holy Ghost. I think there's some leftover residue of Sunday up in here. Okay, y'all calm down now. We don't need nobody getting out of control on a Wednesday night. God forbid. So, Pastor, what's your interpretation of the 144,000 being sealed in the forehead? Here's my interpretation. It's the sum total of Israel. That of all 12 tribes represented, they will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and will absolutely be sealed. So then where does that leave the Gentiles? That's a fantastic question. I'm so glad you asked. If you still got your Bible open, go to verse 9. After this, after what? After I saw the 144,000 that were sealed. After I saw them... I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number but these weren't of the 12 tribes. These were of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues and they stood before the throne and before the Lamb and they were clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Brother and sister, that's me and you tonight. That's me and you tonight. That's the church that's been grafted in to the vine. You're in the same covenant. You've been sealed by the... God have mercy. You've been sealed by the same Spirit. I've never seen what John saw, but I hope he saw me in that number. Let's be hermeneutically correct, Pastor. Let's reconcile this with Scripture. Good idea. I think we should. Let's go to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 26. Every you have Bibles, the book of Acts chapter 26, verse 6? Oh, Bishop, I'm just about to have Holy Ghost fit up here. I used to love when we were on evangelistic field, my dad would get, get to preaching. Landon, he'd get over on the edge of the pulpit, and he'd kind of start doing the, the chicken nod. And he'd say, ah, I'm about to have a Holy Ghost runaway. I like him. Then we get back to the trailer. My mom says, Saint, you preached hard. It's true. Acts 26 and 6. Everybody doing okay? I'm trying to keep you engaged. I don't want you to be bored tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. Now I stand and am judged for the hope of the Oh yeah. The hope of the promise that God made to our fathers. Verse 7, please. Under which promise? Woo! Our twelve tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come. Well, guess what, brother? It's in the book of Revelation that your hopes and dreams are going to come true. Ain't nobody in here believes what I'm telling you. Just go to Romans chapter eleven, Romans eleven, Romans eleven, verse twenty-six. Tyler, you're amazing. Okay, here's where the room gets quiet. Nobody knows how to deal with this one. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverers." Anybody know who that is? And shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. You've been reading in Genesis at all. In your bread charts, you've seen some of the unrighteousness of Jacob. But the Lord said, I'm going to turn that away. I've sent a deliverer. i fixed that. I've took care of this. And all of Israel are going, what's this mean? Well, it's answered. 144,000. All 12 tribes. There's going to be salvation. that comes to Israel. I'm pretty sure right now we've got a solid doctrine established that God is not done with his people. That's why it's important. The Lord said, I'll bless them that bless you, Abraham, and I'll curse them that curse. You know why I'm not giving up on Israel? Because the word said, they're going to be saved. They're going to be sealed. They're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. God! Lord have mercy. Now, I'm going to hurry Verse 13, so we're looking at the number which can't, can't be numbered. They're worshiping. Their worship is pure. If you read from 9 to 12, 9 to 13, their worship is very pure, very powerful. Worshiping with angels. It's amazing. But one of the elders turned and said, Who are these people that are arrayed in white robes? Where did they come from? Because they're not part of the 12 tribes. Who are these people? One of the 24 elders said, John, who is this? Lord Jesus, I'm about to have a fit. In the book of Acts, the 10th chapter, it said that they went over to this man's house. Cornelius was a good man. God filled him and his family with the Holy Ghost. They were all baptized in Jesus' name. It said the Jews found out that Cornelius and his household received the same Holy Ghost that fell on them on the day of Pentecost. And those men looked at one another and said, who are these people? And the twenty one of the 24 elders was asking the same question. This is one of the elders, in my opinion, that had passed on. I can't identify all 24 elders for you, but I do believe that they come from the holy root of David. I believe they come from the holy root of, uh, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I believe that one of them had a little bit of confusion, even in the presence of God, because they knew that only the seed of Abraham would be blessed. All right, come on. But there was something powerful that happened. When that holy God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us and he shed his blood on Calvary's hill. He didn't just shed that blood for the lost sheep of Israel, but he purchased a bride. The elder said, who is this that I'm looking at? And I said to him, sir, thou knowest And he said, who? He said, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. It was that blood that was shed on Calvary that gave every nation, every tribe, and every tongue the opportunity to be washed in the blood. You may be seated, but not dismissed. Verse 15, I love it. He said, therefore, therefore, why? Because of what? Because they escaped their tribulation. I could. I wish I had time to go into great tribulation and the great tribulation. The words in the Greek is only mentioned twice and the great tribulation only once, so... It's, it's out there, there's some, some debate. I don't believe necessarily that this means, the Greek uh, text, that this means they live through Daniel's 70th week, in other words. I don't believe that it's speaking just of the seven years of tribulation. I believe it's saying these people live through tribulation. So you can go to Matthew 24, go through the whole thing, some say this all happened by 70 AD because he was talking about the temple. There's a whole lot to go in there that I'm not here to teach about that part tonight. But my point to you very simply that I want to make, is, it, it to me, is powerful. I don't believe that it means the great tribulation as in the isolated event that Daniel saw seven years. But what I believe is regardless of whether this puts you pre-, mid-, or post, here's what does not matter. It all becomes irrelevant because John said they came through it. Oh, my God. Oh my God. See, that right there validates my point. It, he's not coming to laugh the tribulation. What? That's cool. Just cool your jets. But here's the part that I want you to focus on. They came through tribulation. And I love verse 15, he said, "And because it, they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in His temple, and he that sitteth on the throne, I'm glad it's not they, aren't you? He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. You know what this means when it said that they're day and night in his temple in New Jerusalem, there will be no physical temple. So, this comes back to the understanding of a literal or uh, something that we could interpolate to understand. There will be no physical temple of four walls that's built. It literally means, it literally means they will be day and night in the manifested glory and presence of the Lord. So, I'm so sick of hearing about people. Well, They compromised, they gave up, they quit. Somebody is going to stay with the church because John saw it. He said they stayed with it. They hung in there. They made it and now they're day and night before the throne of God and they're worshiping in the presence of the Lord. What time is it, nine o'clock? Everybody... Lord. I'm hurrying. I feel the Holy Ghost up in here tonight. Therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more. Neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day. I wish I had time tonight to just tell you there will be no sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness. No more pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died. Woo! What a glorious, glorious, glorious. I'm hurrying to a close tonight. I want to close with some things that I feel must be dealt with and I want to tell you something I want you to listen to pastor people say that the doctrinal differences between certain movements are just a matter of semantics okay I would challenge you if you're ready sometime to sit down with brother Stephen Gill and ask him about what they teach in Trinitarian schools about the baptismal formula just being a matter of semantics because I'm going to tell you right now you just listen to this preacher you hear me it's not just semantics and once you get past their baptism you start feeding on the nuances of their doctrine and it's different I heard a very well-known preacher one time, not apostolic preacher, who said the 144,000 are the people after the rapture that the Lord is going to come back in the rapture. And then in the second coming when we rule and reign with him, we're going to have the greatest revival we've ever had. And the 144,000, and he went through this whole deal. After the rapture, after the rapture, after the rapture. We're going to come back after the rapture and we're going to have revival. I want to clear the air about the 144,000. God is not going to use 144,000 people to have revival of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name after the rapture. I want you to seal this in your heart tonight. If you miss the rapture, if you miss the rapture, you have missed all of it. Some say it's going to be a, a chance for those who have in fact heard and rejected the gospel of Jesus receive a second chance. But I'm going to tell you. You listen to me very, very plainly tonight. As I tell you what I believe this book is clear about. And if you read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. About verses 8 through 12. Matter of fact, I may have it pulled up. I'll read it for you. But if you read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 8 through 12. I want to tell you what I believe. I believe that those who have rejected the teachings of the Word of God after the rapture, they will believe the Antichrist and they'll be lost. Now there may be some other folks out there that believe a little bit different than that. That once you're saved, you're always saved. I don't believe that. I believe that you live this thing or you reject it. You receive it, or you reject it. you believe that? I'm, I'm hurrying. I'm just about finished. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the work of Satan with all power. I told you about this a few minutes ago. Signs and? With all can you imagine that word again? Deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Folks, this is not apostolic rhetoric. In them that perish. Why? Why, do, why are they perishing? Because they did not receive the love of truth that they might be saved. John 3.5, Acts 2.38 Gotta be saved. Go ahead, brother Tyler. Verse eleven. Here's the context of the verse you hear so often, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, and that they might be damned. This is past tense, folks. Who believed not? But had pleasure. Now can you imagine trying to jump on here and say, After the rapture, the Lord's going to give you a chance to be saved. Then why would there be a rapture? If we ever get away from the imminent return of Christ, we might as well padlock the door and go home. I believe that you better get ready. I believe that you better be ready tonight. I believe that you better be ready next week. Because after the rapture, God's not going to use 144,000 to have great revival. I've got to quit. I've got to quit. Let's stand together. I cannot imagine reading 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and saying, God's going to give us another chance once you've missed it. Folks, if I'm wrong, I'll stand before God Almighty. But hear this preacher tonight. Don't miss the rapture. Well, preacher, that's your opinion, and I'll just take my chance. And you take yours, but I'm not taking one. Because I believe. That in a moment, oh, y'all preach to me now. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, I believe that the angel of the Lord is going to descend from heaven with Jesus Christ himself. If it was 10 minutes ago, it wouldn't be too early for me. I want the Lord to come on back. But whatever you do, do not miss a rapture. Don't get caught up that the 144,000 are going to be used of God mightily in the earth to minister. I believe we've sealed the deal that the 144,000 are the 12 tribes of Israel that supposedly have been lost. And that God's going to reconcile them, every tribe of Israel will be sealed with the Holy Ghost. With his identity on them. That means they're going to receive who he is. And the Gentile church was a number that could not be numbered. And we're in that number. And when the rapture of the church happens, I plan on going. And I plan on meeting the dead in Christ in the air. They're going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. And so shall we Ever be with the Lord. Comfort ye one another with these words. We're going to heaven. We're going to heaven, and it's going to be worth it all. We're going to heaven.